Y'all have nobody to blame but yourselves. All these years you wanted to expand pinball. Bring in all your friends to pinball. Get them to see why you love pinball so much. So here we are. This is the result. You've brought in all these people with all this money who now love pinball as much as you. And the Mandalorian, Brian Eddy, they now, your friends, not just you, they now want that LE just as much as you do. And so now, because of all the hype, all the momentum, all the mania surrounding the Mandalorian, what are we seeing? Prices are going through the roof before people have even seen the game. This game is sold out long before the game is even revealed. Stern knows what's going on. I was talking to George Gomez last night and he said, Chris, I'm so busy. The sales guys are going crazy and you're really going to love this game. So it's all your fault. You all wanted to expand pinball. This used to be a nice little hobby in which you could go get an LE Tron for 5,700 bucks and it wasn't crazy. You invited everybody in. This is the expansion you wanted to see. So don't blame Canada because we are at a new dawn of pinball. The enthusiasm for this hobby has never been higher. And I love seeing, I love seeing this frenzy to get a Mandalorian LE. And people are crying because they can't get on distro lists and they're realizing the ultimate thing in life is loyalty. These distributors are loyal to the customers that have been buying for years. So let's talk about Mandalorian mania that is sweeping the pinball nation this week. And it's only gonna get even more frenzied as we get to Tuesday's reveal. And Kaneda was right, May 11th, spot on right. Who's bringing you the news now? No tombstones, no drama, no interviewing other podcasters. We're just giving you the pinball information you want to hear. Let's kick it right now. All right, so Mando Mania is here. There is no escaping it. There is no denying it. There's nothing you can do other than witness what I said would be one of the biggest launches in the history of pinball, and it's upon us. And because there's a few reasons why right now, and I know we haven't seen the game, but if you've been following in this industry, not seeing the game doesn't matter. What matters is one thing and one thing only. Theme, theme, theme. The other thing that matters is scarcity. So you add those two things together, theme and scarcity, and you have a feeding frenzy. Now you add a third element in, which is Brian Eddy. And let me list all of Brian Eddy's horrible games, and there's nothing on the list. So you put those three things together and you have what is happening right now, which is a perfect storm. And I'm loving this. I love watching this. And I mean it when I said it at the beginning of the show, that all of you have nobody to blame but yourselves for what's happened to this hobby. You've all been saying for years, we need to support pinball. We need to expand pinball. We need to get more people into pinball for pinball to survive. And I've been telling you for years, Stern doesn't need your help to expand pinball. They're doing just fine. And now we have way more people who are into pinball, who have deep pockets, who want the best version of every new release. And don't get me wrong. It's not just Mandalorian. Most of these LEs have always been spoken for. Because most of these distributors have a long list of people who say to them, I will take every single LE that you have. I don't care what the theme is. And if you're on that list, 
then why would you ever get off that list? Because how many times did you lose money? You'll never really lose money if you're on the list for an LE unless the game is Black Knight, unless the game is maybe Munsters, unless the game is maybe, I don't know, Led Zeppelin. But those people don't even lose money the first week or month of having the game because someone will buy it for you at MSRP for the most part. But this new climate is different. The world has changed over the last year. And I've been saying it over the last six months or so that this industry is headed to the moon. And you might not like it, and you might hate Canada for putting shows out there like the ADM show, where I'm basically saying to people, if you're a small distributor, why would you give away something that the market value is way higher than $9,200? I already saw that Betson, you know, Betson, the big distributor who has games, who sells games for more than sticker, Betson's price for the Mandalorian LE, before it even comes out, if you want to buy it from them, their price is $13,000. So they're charging almost $4,000 over sticker on day one for the Mandalorian LE. Now, as I read Pinside and I see all these guys scrambling to get an LE who can't find one, gentlemen who probably have expensive homes and expensive cars, you know what they're not used to hearing? No. The word no is the greatest motivator to get rich people to part with their money. They don't want to hear no. These men will pay the $13,000. That's what's going to happen. They will sell every single one at 13 grand and then the price will go up from 13 grand now there are 750 of these and you could probably thank canada if you think about it there was absolutely no buzz for this game until i created it you have to understand this nobody nobody was talking about mandalorian nobody confirmed it was mandalorian and i am telling you right now canada's pinball podcast saw the press release of the mandalorian and on the press release, it said 600 LEs. Why did Stern bump that number up? Because of what we've been doing the last three weeks. It's created this frenzy. And I love it. I love it. If you think I'm a jerk, call me a jerk. But I also just got you almost 50% more games. They put another 150 into circulation. Normally, it's 500. So this is a 50% increase on the normal 500 LE number. But what are we learning here? Stern has 45 European distributors. 45. So the allotment of LEs with the amount of distributors out in the world is really still low. There are way more, way more than 750 people globally who would love to have a Mandalorian LE pinball machine. If you're on the list and you're getting one, then congratulations, you're one of the lucky few. If you've been told by your distributor, sorry, but we're not gonna have one for you, my condolences, but this is the new reality. This is what happens when a hobby like this explodes like this. When you sell 500 Guns N' Roses collector's editions in one hour, at $12,500 and you sell out of all of those in one hour, people wake up. This is the new reality. They could have made a thousand and sold them all out. They could have charged 15,000 and sold them all out. I'm even going to say it right now. If they charged 18,000 for those Guns N' Roses machines, they would have sold every one, every one. And I know people think I'm a jerk for saying this, 
but you have to realize that this hobby is now in the collectible realm. This is now something that people collect like artwork, like watches, and like bottles of wine. And it's more fun than all of those things. That's the problem, is the sky is the limit. The moon is the limit on where pinball pricing will go because these things are fun. This thing is fun. Is it more fun to own crypto or own a pinball machine? It's more fun to own a pinball machine. I'm sick of the crypto rides up and down. I know Dogecoin, 74 cents. My God, we all would have had the entire pinball world collection if we had just put money in Dogecoin two years ago. But I don't want to talk about crypto because it's somewhat silly. Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the fact that Mandomania is here and I have not seen this hype since the Ghostbusters. And I mean that. There's only one other game that had this kind of hype going into the reveal, and that was Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters, I believe, was $8,000. It obviously sold out immediately. And I think there were only 500 Ghostbuster LEs. Now, do I think 750 is too much? No, it's not. It's going to be almost impossible to get one at 9200 bucks. If you have one and you're thinking of flipping it, congratulations, you'll be able to flip it. Do I think you'll be able to flip it on day one and week one? Absolutely. Now, here's what I'm curious. Where will the price net out for the speculators of the Mandalorian LE? How much do you think it will be? Email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. Let me tell you where I think it's going to go. And I'm watching this community. I'm watching this hobby. I'm watching these people say, oh, I don't really need it. I'm good with a premium. Sure you are. Sure you are. No, you're not. No, you're not. For many of you out there who are getting rejected, and I mean this, for those of you out there who are getting rejected, you don't like to feel rejected. You don't like, think about it like this. This is a first world problem like no other, but think about how funny it is that someone won't take your $9,200 to buy a pinball machine. Sorry, we're not gonna sell you one because we don't have one for you. But what do you mean? I've got 9,200 bucks. Think about if you told all of your other friends out there, if you told people in the world, hey, I can't get the $9,200 pinball machine I want, they'd be like, you're a moron. But that's why I love this hobby. Because if you have been a part of this hobby for many years and you've been supporting your distributor, there's a good chance they're supporting you. But the allotment is the issue. It doesn't matter if Zach Manny is an amazing guy. It doesn't matter how many fans he has. It doesn't matter how many customers he has. Zach Manny would like to have 10 times more LEs than he's going to get. The same thing with all these distributors. They would love to get way more than they're being allotted. And because you've been in with the distributor now, doesn't really mean much anymore either. There's just not enough games to go around. Now, it begs the question, should Stern sell the LEs moving forward directly? Should everyone have a fair shot to get one via the internet? Like first come, first serve sales of these games. That would cut out the distributors, which they won't do, because here's the other thing I'm hearing. To get a Stern LE now, it's very much like the Beatles diamond. To get a Stern LE allotted to you, you have to agree to buy a certain number of pro and premium machines. This is why the LEs exist, people. They don't exist to make Stern money only on the LEs, which they are making a handsome amount on each one. These LEs exist to get distributors to commit to buying the pros and premiums of these machines. So let's say you've got to buy 10 premiums and 10 pros to get one LE. And these distributors have to buy these games. Remember that. They have to buy them. It becomes inventory for these distributors. And Stern is paid. This is the genius of Stern 
Pinball. This is why Stern Pinball clobbers everybody. They're not just smart with the themes they choose. Look at how their sales works. For every LE, distributors have to commit to other products. And it's sold through. It's sold through. So that means every time they announce an LE, there's millions of dollars that these distributors have to commit to Stern. And Stern can't lose money because you have to now commit to Stern if you want to get the future LEs that will be coming from this company. And let me tell you, if what's been in the rumor mill and what I've been hearing from people that have seen behind the curtain over at Stern Pinball, this is just the beginning of a newfound Stern mania that is going to sweep over pinball. And if you're American Pinball, if you're Jersey Jack Pinball, if you're Chicago Gaming Company, if you're Deep Root, if you're Spooky, it's going to get a lot harder. They're not going to stop coming with this stuff. They're going to improve their mechanical stuff. They're going to get more engineers in there. I've heard that the stuff they've seen in the studio, this is people who have played these games. The stuff that's in the studio is stuff like they've never seen Stern do before. So I'm super excited. I know George Gomez is excited. I know all of you are excited. This is what we want. This is why you want to turn on a pinball podcast and hear me be excited about what's coming from all these companies. This is when it gets interesting. It's been like slow motion out there in the pinball podcasting world. It's like, when will people just step out of interviewing each other? I told Ed Robertson, really another hour and a half show, Ed? Great. What a cliche. More talk, more talk, more talk. You want news, you want rumors, and you're going to get it here. Next week, I'm going to tell you about American Pinball's launch plans, like when they plan to launch their games. I'm going to tell you about a Christopher Franchi rumor about a title he's working on and where he's working on that title, which is going to be really interesting. I'm going to give you the news, rumors, and speculations because that's what's exciting. But let's get back to Mando Madness. So Mando Madness is here. So where do I think this price is going to net out on a secondhand Mandalorian LE? I'll tell you right now. I think these games are going to trade between $13,000 and $15,000 pretty immediately. And I think people who spend that are going to be fine with it. And I think people who sell it are going to be happy. And you're never going to be able to end speculation on these games. You can't stop people from flipping. Even if Stern were to sell directly, it still couldn't prevent anybody from buying one and selling it. Look, we can't shut that down. It's inevitable. It is inevitable. The only way it would stop speculating is if the manufacturers continue to drive their prices up. And Stern's done this. Stern LEs used to be five to six thousand dollars, sixty five hundred bucks. Then they just kept inching up seven grand, eight grand, nine grand. They keep baking in the flip price into the game. But now they're learning that that's not even nearly the top. Right, so Batman's SLE at fifteen thousand dollars, they could have charged twenty. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as there are way more people who want these games than games available, then it's going to be hard to get one and money's going to talk. And all the people crying and moaning are going to have to walk with their hands in their pockets and be dejected. Now, I know for a lot of you out there, I want to say this, a lot of you out there are going to get rejected. And a lot of you out there are very frustrated with your distributors. And a lot of distributors who are my friends are also very frustrated because they have to tell more people that they're not going to get one. And I know distributors don't want to do that. They don't want to be bad people. It's like telling people, oh, your kid can't come to our school. You know, we're, we're, we're full on the enrollment. And that's what it feels like for a lot of these distributors. And it bums them out and it bums out their customers. And it's not why they're in business. They're in business to make people happy. They want you to have the game that you want to have. 
Problem is, everybody wants that Beskar Steel armor. Everyone's going to want to have that Beskar Steel Ellie version of the game. And there's only 750 in the world, and you start to slice and dice it amongst Europe and the U.S. and Australia, and all of a sudden, there's not many. So prices will continue to go through the roof. Now, what do I think is the solution to this? There is no solution. Here's why I'm excited. Here's why I don't really care that these prices are going through the roof. Because prices only go through the roof when it's games that people want. Let me repeat that. The only reason we're seeing prices skyrocket is because people are enthusiastic about these themes. That's what we want, people. I don't want more dud themes. I don't want more lame themes. I don't want more like two old curmudgeon themes. I don't want more like old classic rock. I want themes like this. I want games that before they're even revealed, everybody wants it. Isn't that what we've always wanted from pinball? The Matrix would be sold out sight unseen. Back to the Future, sight unseen, right? There's so many things that if we got them, Big Trouble in Little China is another one. I'm telling you, it is. It is. Big Trouble in Little China would do the same thing. People just want the right kind of theme for a pinball machine. And if you don't think that's the case, I really don't know what to tell you anymore. You know, it's funny to me because when stuff like this happens, and this is really what is keeping pinball alive, this kind of enthusiasm and energy for new and box pinball machines, I love it because this is the ultimate divide. This is where the collectors are going crazy and the tournament players, like the guys who are obsessed with gameplay, they're like, this is so stupid. We haven't even seen it flip. What if there's no flow? What if the code is terrible? What if this? What if that? What if it's not even fun to flip? And I'm here to tell you right now, you're not wrong. You're not wrong in saying these collectors are being pretty stupid. And who knows? This game could be a turd. So let's talk about what we think could be the Achilles heel of this game. I think the number one thing we all agree could be the Achilles heel of the Mandalorian is the code. And if Lonnie is doing the code, there is a big question mark over this game. Is he going to do it where it's like interesting? If it's deep, is he going to integrate the theme the right way? He Hopefully he doesn't mash it up the way Dwight mashed up the original trilogy. I'm still, I'm still devastated by how Stern butchered the original Star Wars trilogy. Unbelievable. So is Lonnie going to be the hero? and the savior of this game, or is he going to be the executioner of the Mandalorian enthusiasm? I don't know yet. Is it just going to be like start mode, shoot the same shots twice, and then, you know, progress through the mode and that's it? I don't know. We'll see what he does. Well, and is he even the coder? Like, I, it might not even be Lonnie. That's what I'm hearing. It kind of makes sense. He did Stranger Things with Brian Eddy. They've worked together before. And I've heard that the Stranger Things code now is really good. I haven't played one now. Stranger Things is starting to turn the corner and people are looking for that game now. But you know what? I don't think Stranger Things will ever, 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 ever be the game that The Mandalorian already is. Isn't that crazy? Stranger Things Pinball will never get this excitement. It will never get it back. It doesn't matter. It could even be a better game in the end, but it doesn't matter. It will never sell as well as The Mandalorian. This is marketing. This is hype. This is how it works. And I'm telling you, you could either be upset by it or be enthused by it. I love this. This is what I live for. I love seeing products come out that drive consumers crazy that they're willing to claw over each other to get one this is what david fix needs to create over at american pinball david fix are you watching this all that big talk he still won't interview on this show i've, I've reached out nothing from david fix they're gonna watch this launch 
Deep Root Pinball, 130 games. Robert's talking to customers now. There's no games coming out in May. 130 total games sold. They're going to sell 130 Mandalorians in less than a second. In less than a second. That's more than Deep Root can sell in five years. So this is it. This is great. This is great. I love this Mando madness. Okay, so the other thing is code is probably the biggest Achilles heel that people want to see. But here's what's working for it in its favor when it comes to code is they have all of the assets. So when you have all the assets from the show and you have that to work with and all the music, you have so much to go with that if you fumble that, then you really suck at coding pinball. I mean that because you don't have to do all this like on the screen. You don't have to create graphics or animations. It's all right there. Disney has spent millions and millions and millions of dollars to make this amazing content that you can now work with. If you F that up, you should be fired from coding a pinball machine. I mean that. When you screw up, the original trilogy or you screw up having all of the assets and all of the actors and all the callouts from Carl Weathers that are going to be in this game. If you screw that up, you don't get a second shot, okay? Because there's no second shot at making a great Star Wars pinball machine. Well, this is, right, the fifth shot at making a great Star Wars pinball machine. That's the other part people are forgetting. It's like, finally, we might get a great Star Wars pinball machine. That is why there's so much hype here, because I've seen your game rooms, people. I've seen some of you out there of like these shrines to Star Wars, and rightfully so, because it's an amazing franchise. And for those of you who say the show is lame, no, you're lame. Okay, let me repeat that. If you think The Mandalorian is lame, you're lame. It's great. Do you have no joy left in you if you think this show... Someone said like, oh, the bad guys keep missing. And wh Where have you been? That's been Star Wars since day one. The stormtroopers couldn't hit the side of a barn. And yet we love Star Wars. It's just the way it is. You're supposed to be in a sort of state of suspended disbelief when you watch this thing. And just let it be. Enjoy it. I mean, everybody was blown away. People keep forgetting to. We keep saying Mandalorian, Mandalorian, Mandalorian. But here's the real magic. Here's the real pull towards this game. Game. It's Grogu. It's Baby Yoda is the thing. Baby Yoda is the thing that just took over the world. Baby Yoda is the thing that everybody loves. Baby Yoda is going to be in this game. I know his name is not Baby Yoda. It's Grogu. I still don't get that name really. But that's going to be the part that like every kid, every wife, everyone who loves Star Wars, this like in a way, ironically, because it's a baby, it gave us rebirth, renewal. It rejuvenated our love of Star Wars. And it's going to be in pinball form available for you to buy on Tuesday, May 11th when Canada said. That's amazing. That is amazing that we're going to be able to have this fun show as it's at the peak of its popularity. We're going to be able to have a pinball machine. This is what you've been asking for. This is what you've been waiting for. We keep saying like, stop looking back. Stop making old stuff. Stop making things from the 60s. Stop making stuff from the 70s. Make something contemporary. They listened and they did it. Who else out there is not shocked that it also has season two in it? That's amazing. The song you heard at the beginning of this podcast was Luke's Entrance. If, it's so good. The music is amazing. The scene is amazing. I can't wait to see how they implement that into the pinball game. Are you excited? I'm excited. Okay, so what else could tank this machine? Well, what about the design? Could Brian Eddy let us down? Has Brian Eddy ever done a bad design? I would say no. I mean, most of his stuff is fan layout, but we love the fan layout, and we also love the shadow. And I think this is going to be more like the shadow, but Brian Eddy, if there's one thing he doesn't mess up, he doesn't make a clunk fest. Stranger Things isn't clunky. He knows how to make games that shoot tremendously well. 
And that's why I don't think Brian Eddy is going to be a weakness here. Now, what about the art package? Could that be a weakness? Will Randy Martinez's artwork work well on this game? Or will it be too sort of lunchboxy? I'm on the fence. I want to see what style he goes with because I hope it doesn't look like the Star Wars comic book edition that he did because Mandalorian's a little darker. It's a little grittier. It's a little more brown. It's a little bit more like earthy in tone. So I hope that it's not this like lunchbox bright game. And I'm curious how the Beskar armor is going to work on the game. Are they? Is it going to look shiny or a little have some of that Beskar waviness to it? But here's the thing, man. I can't get over how excited I am to see this Beskar edition LE. How will they do the art? How will they do the armor? I just can't wait to see this game. Upper playfield, magnets, toys. You got a ship. You got rotating targets. You got six drop targets. It sounds like it's going to be a blast. And I hope it is a blast, and I hope Brian Eddy is redeemed, and I hope this game kicks ass, and I hope this game puts Stern back on the map in a way in which we wanted Stern to be back on the map. Not for nothing, but Stern's last few releases really haven't done much for me. They haven't done much for you. They've been good. Avengers was a good game. It was a really good game, you know, but it's just, it's a little soulless. I mean this. Avengers doesn't have this kind of hype. When Avengers was revealed, it's like, yeah, it's a great shooter. It's really hard for a lot of people, and it's too deep in a lot of ways that we don't want it to be deep it just doesn't it just didn't grab you right it just didn't and like i know that keith elwin has his huge fan base and i I even think keith elwin knows that he's got more things coming that are going to be the things that blow you away now i'm hearing rumors that like keith elwin might be doing back to the future i don't know i was like i don't think so i want to end this show though i want to give a different perspective on the show and i want to read an email i got from a friend of the show craig johnson i want to read you what he wrote me Because I think a lot of you are feeling this. And as much as I'm excited and I'm giddy about this game, I want to read what he said. This was in response to my ADM show and how I've been telling everybody, like, listen to me, get on a list for an LE. And he said, just listen to your recent podcast. I think you need a little perspective. I don't think you mention it enough or at all that there is a good old boys club in pinball. Define it as you will, but a part of it consists of being on these lists with distributors permanently. For people like myself, I am not in the club and have no access to being high up on any of these lists in order to secure any of the highly sought after LEs. I think GNR is the perfect example. I was on the list through several distributors long before your daily lectures about securing a game. I was told by all of them I wouldn't be getting a game, of course. I really hope that in the future, JJP continues to sell directly through their website because that will be the only way a non-good old boy will have a chance at getting one of their LEs. I think he means CEs for JJP. Whoever is the quickest to the keyboard wins. Seems more fair from where I'm sitting. This now brings me to Star Wars. I contacted many distributors long before your predictions on the next title. There is just no chance in hell me and anyone else will get on a list for NLE. These lists are etched in stone with all the insiders getting the hot titles no matter what. Some distributors say they don't do lists. Some don't respond to any emails. Some just flat out tell me their lists are too long and have permanent members at the top. So as proud as you are that you are warning us beforehand about getting the next hot title, It does guys like me no good whatsoever. Sure, I could have got a Led Zeppelin LE probably because the game is terrible. Enough of the insiders dropped off the top spots on the list to make room. 
But what I'm really talking about here are the hottest titles that everybody wants. Most will never in a million years have a shot at an LE going forward. I wouldn't be so proud of warning everyone ahead of big popular releases because for these ultra hot titles, it does no good to warn anyone. We won't be getting an LE. Only the insiders will, Craig. Well, Craig, first of all, man, thank you so much for this. And for those of you out there, if you email canadapinball at gmail.com and you say something thought-provoking or interesting like this, I will read your comments on the air from now on. I've stopped doing it, but I'm going to do it more often. So, Craig, I feel your pain and you're right. Craig is absolutely right. And I'm sorry that I get so excited about games and tell you to do what you need to do to try to get one. Here's what I think is the only way forward here. And Craig is right. Like mostly everybody out there who's not on an LE list at a distributor who hasn't been on that list for years. Is there a solution to the problem Craig has? There is none. So should Canada stop saying, go get on a list? Here's the, here's the reality. Craig is right. These lists are too full now. And they've been filling up for years. This isn't just because of Mandalorian. It has been super easy to get on these lists, but there are also there are also distributors out there who do not who do not have a standing list. I think you need to find out which distributors are those. Some of those distributors are going to start charging more than sticker, and maybe the only way in is you're going to have to pay over sticker on day one and become a consistent buyer with some of those distributors who are selling over. And you might have to get on their list. Here's what I would do if I were some people. I would I would find the distributors who are charging over for Mandalorian who don't have a list. I would find them and I would try to get in their good graces and maybe buy the game and say, hey, look, I know you're going to charge a little bit over. On every hot title, can you just come to me first, tell me what your price is, and give me a shot at it? That just might be one way in. Okay, it's not the only way in. The other thing I would do is this. I would buddy up with some pinsiders that are on these lists and ask them, hey, if you pass on this game, can you just stay on the list and let me know, and I would take the game if you're not interested in it. Again, I'm just telling you reality. These are things you could do. These are not ideal things that you have to do or want to do, but I'm just telling you in life, if you want to get a difficult reservation at a restaurant and a repeat customer knows the maitre d', then maybe ask him, hey, can you help me get a reservation? This is it. This is where we're at. And I've said it, being on a distro's LE list is the brand new season ticket holder to the New York Giants. This is how it works. And I think that distributors also should think about this. And I'm talking to all you distributors out there who are listening to this right now. What Craig says is fair. And I think Stern should listen to this. What Craig says is fair. So what should they do to make sure more people have access to these things when they launch? Now, I don't think Stern cares. Why should they care? that they made something that the market considers to be way more valuable than they even priced it at. That's great for them because remember, these LEs, they're only selling 750 of them. The rest of them, they'll make till the cows come home, right? They'll make premiums for years, pros for years, and these distributors have to buy so many of those premium and pros to get an LE. So think about that strategy. Stern actually doesn't want you all to get LEs. They want some of you to be disappointed because you need to walk away from that LE and go buy that premium that that distributor bought or that pro that they bought. 
They need those customers. And those customers become more plentiful the more people get rejected from the LE. I mean, it's just crazy that Stern, even though they disappoint, they're not really going to disappoint you because you also can have the same exact game in the premium. It'll be the same exact game. And so this is actually genius marketing by Stern. It's something that the other pinball companies can't really figure out. The other companies can't figure out or do it successfully. And the reason Stern can do it this way too is because of volume. They can make these games fast enough. Jersey Jack couldn't do this. They couldn't do it this way because no one wants to wait another like eight months to get a single LE from them. They just can't do it. Stern will have thousands of Mandalorians made in the time period in which Jersey Jack can probably only make 500 games. And so that's the huge difference. You know, there's really not much you can do, Craig. There's not much you can do. And I do feel bad that so many people out there feel like they're shut out of this. But this is life. It's a weird lesson in life is that the people who have been in this hobby from the very beginning have a distinct advantage. The people who have been buying games for years and years and years are being taken care of. The people that have friendships with distributors are being taken care of. It's not fair, but it's life. And you just have to accept it. And I know people come at me too. Like every once in a while, like I'll get a game or I'll be able to buy a game. And they're like, why do you get to buy a game, Canada? Like you don't buy tons of games. And I love when I get that criticism because are you telling me that I've given no value to distributors, that I haven't helped hype games for them, that I haven't given them amazing awareness and exposure and enthusiasm for these distributors that I talk about frequently? Are you telling me that after doing 578 podcasts about pinball, that Canada should have no more clout than you? Someone who's done nothing but just read Pinside or be a keyboard commando and has some money? I I'm not bragging here, but me, Zach Many, Jeff Patterson, Jack Danger, the people who actually do things and add value. And there's a lot more names I'm not mentioning. But of course, we have a little bit more clout than just the average Joe in pinball because we're out there and we're spending so much time and energy keeping this enthusiasm going. I mean, for all the pinball podcasters out there who have been giving you free content during all these months when there's nothing going on, it has been the stalest five months of pinball in such a long time. And are you contributing to my Patreon page? Are you giving us like support? How are you supporting all of us? And we're doing all this to keep you guys enthused and keep you excited about pinball during all these months where there's nothing going on. And so you don't think any of those people, Marty Robbins, you don't think Jeff Teolis, you don't think any of these people should have more clout than just the average guy who's a buyer. You're wrong. Some of us have a little bit more influence. Some of us have a little bit more power than other people because we deserve it. We put in the work. This is like this weird thing is everybody in the modern world just thinks they're entitled to getting that reservation just because they can afford the food. There's something called relationship building. There's something called putting in the work and the time, and that might bump you to the front of the line. And maybe, you know, maybe like figure out a new way to sort of become more valuable within the eyes of the pinball community. And you might, and you might find yourself with a little bit more clout and a little bit more pull and a little bit more leverage in pinball. Okay, so I don't apologize. I put in a lot of hard work here. And so I love it when people come at me and, and say that they think that like it's wrong that I might be able to get access to these games, okay? Because I put in the work. All right, well, this has been a fun one. I can't wait to Tuesday. We're gonna do the Saturday morning spectacular today. 
And uh, for all of you out there, thank you so much for tuning in to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Hasn't it been fun? Hasn't it been fun? You know, I took a lot of arrows in the back, other shows saying like, oh, we, you know, we're the one for the news. We're the one for the... Come on. You all know deep down inside that if my biggest competitor, if they had this information, if Super Awesome Pinball Show had this information that the Mandalorian was the next Stern machine, they would not have done what I did. They would not have spoiled the reveal date. They would not have told you details on the game. They would not have told you Randy Martinez is the artist. They wouldn't be able to do it because they want to interview George Gomez. And they're going to interview George Gomez. And it makes me laugh, though, because, you know, I'm talking to Gomez last night and he still talks to me because, you know what? He's so busy running the greatest pinball company that's on planet Earth right now. And they are. They are the greatest pinball company on planet Earth right now. Do they always make the greatest games? No. But man, what they do at the efficiency they do it is just incredible. And this is what Canada's Pinball Podcast does best. This is why we won four Twippies. And this is why we will win, hopefully, a fifth Twippy. We're already starting campaigning for number five. But I love it. I love it. I love being back in the saddle. And after all that trash talking I got. And look, no hard feelings, man. I'm still trying to bury the hatchet with these guys. They still won't congratulate me on the victory. I don't get it. I don't get it. But everybody, have a good Saturday. We'll talk to you soon. Whoa, Black Betty, bam, bam, whoa, Black Betty. Bam.